Thank you, Fred. It's good to be back uh, with you again. I was just checking my notes just before the service. I actually uh, had some interactions with Bob Field in late 2018. Uh, came up here in 2019. I think we had a little event that happened sort of in between then, sort of like, you know, global pandemic or something like that, which is, I don't know, is that swearing to still call that? Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. Sorry for swearing in church. Yeah. But anyway, it's lovely to come back uh, and share with you and, and uh, to just experience a bit of church with you afresh today and, and to uh, thank you to the musicians and so on. Just on behalf of those, see, some of us, God decided some of us didn't need either A, rhythm, I have no rhythm, I cannot clap in time, or B, for that matter, you know, the capacity to sing in tune by ourselves. God decided I didn't need that. And so I would like to have an argument with him over those things. I would like to, I wish I had rhythm and I wish I could sing in tune, but neither of those things are possible. And so if it was just up to me, the music in church would be... It would be something that God alone would like. And so um, so I'm thankful to those of you who come and it was great today. So thank you for sharing uh, with us. I'm a short guy. This is I find this like really tall. Like, you know, it's not really tall, it's just that I'm really short. But anyway, but anyway, I guess I'll get by without it. It's just sort of why I actually do a bit of wandering because I get actually a bit self-conscious behind that. So I've asked if I can have the wandering microphone so I can wander a little bit, if that's okay. So uh, it's been lovely to get to know Fred in the last I don't know, six months, eight months, ten months, etc. And um, and just to hear a whole a little bit more of his story, I got to hear. We discovered we know people in common because that sort of happens wherever you go in Christian circles. But like um, uh, Fred's pastor up in Townsville was a a, a bloke who was in my youth group, and so uh, we, um, we we shared that, uh, which is quite bizarre, really, because that was in Melbourne, and then he moved up to. Townsville, etc. And so, um, yeah, when I, I discovered that, he thought, well, it's just a small world, isn't it? So there we are. But I, I guess I want to say, and I have no, you know, someone's no right to say it, but I'll just say it anyway, is that I just sense that God is up to something good in your midst. And, and Fred, I think, is a part of that. I really do, do believe that God is doing something and through Fred and his family and, and, um, just, I'm just convinced that God is doing something good. It just makes no sense at all why you would have a Kenyan as your pastor. It makes no sense at all in the natural. I mean, this guy's freezing here, you know. Have a look at him. He's in his big, thick jacket. I'm surprised he's not having a beanie, you know. like It makes no sense in the natural that you would have Fred as your pastor which is why, and again, as Fred has told the sto- his story a little bit more, I just it just I don't know it just smells like Jesus to me, and so uh, it uh, so I just want to say that that I just think it's awesome. Uh, I think that uh, God has called you here for such a time as this. I, I genuinely believe that, and uh, and it, it's just fascinating to see what God is is doing. Ever since I heard about um, from Bob and about this church and the, the history, I had a quick look again at F.J. Wilkins' um, uh, plaque there just to remind me of the history of this region uh, and what God has done in this region, what God did sort of so long ago and the DNA that that's put into that space. And 
Uh, you probably don't remember, but I would have told you in the report that I did for this church that this, this district, this Ganawara area, has the highest percentage of Baptists than anywhere in Victoria. Uh, and that's a, that's a spiritual heritage that's come down from the forebears. I'm convinced of that. But it's also something that is put into this place and that, that needs to continue to be built throughout the generations. And so uh, I'm really, really believing in that as well. Uh, Mark Wilkinson is my name, if, in case you haven't quite figured that out along the way or couldn't read that. But uh, I'm part of the BUV Church Health Team. We like to let you know that our, when we come here, that the vision of the BUV is to be a union of flourishing churches. That's our real key thing. We want to see churches flourish. We want to see them do well uh, in all that means with Christ-like followers that redeem society, that, that we would be, churches would, would have followers of Jesus within them, that we'd be, we'd be really taking that on seriously, not just Christians, but Jesus followers. You know, who would work it out every day, just like we've just been singing about there. And so, and so what our job down in the Mission Hub is, uh, our mission is to encourage, equip, empower our local churches and, so, uh, and communities of faith to advance God's kingdom because we want to see that, uh, that happen uh, with intentionality. I've been in this role for a bit over, oh, no, about five and a half years now. And so um, it's uh, good to be with you there. And this is my family. Um, that's me wearing my Geelong Premiership hat. Sorry if that's offensive to anybody, but I probably shouldn't take it off because, like, that's my son up the top there. He hates having his photo taken. Uh, this is, like, at best an annual event. Um, sometimes 18 months go by before we can get him in a photo. And, look, he smiled. Yeah, it's good, eh? So, like, this is a photo that will, you know... Like, if I died, this would be on my, you know, my, you know the order of service sort of thing, and I've got a Geelong cap on, you know. Should have taken it off, sorry. Um, I do want you to know I'm more passionate about Jesus than my football team, okay? Just in case there's ever any doubt, I want you to know that, okay? I'm really intentional about it. That's my wife next to me there, uh, Lynn. Uh, we've been married 37 and a half years. Uh, congratulations to the newlyweds. Where, who, are you guys the newlyweds? Yeah, that's good. Okay, congratulations. Keep going. You've got a long way to go to catch a lot of us. <laughs> 37 and a half, there'd be, I'm sure there'd be people who'd, be, who'd way outdo us. But there you go. That's our son, Jesse. He's uh, 19. He works uh, for an artificial grass installer. Uh, and uh, he likes being outside, doesn't like being stuck inside. School wasn't a great place for him. So anyway, so he's, uh, he's glad to be doing that role. And uh, that's our daughter, Mia, who's the complete opposite. She loves being, she loves school and she loves learning and uh, doing really well in Sort of like a hybrid year 11, year 12 sort of thing. So she's doing, in theory, year 11, but doing two year 12 subjects to make next year a bit easier for her. But knowing her, she'll just do extra subjects anyway, just because for fun to learn stuff. And that's what she likes to do. So uh, that's, uh, that's Mia. Um, you know, I'm a person who, I, in my Bible readings, in my daily Bible readings, um, I sort of love to spend time in the Gospels. I spend like an inordinate amount of time, to be brutally honest, Read in the Gospels. Now, every year I start my year off reading a Gospel, and I'm on a four-year rotation between the four Gospels. And so I've been reading the Gospel of Mark this year. And, and the way that I've been doing my Bible reading in the last few years is it was a bit different. Once upon a time I used to sort of read a lot of Scripture and um, you know sort of get through the Bible, most of the Bible in a year, Old Testament every two years, and had this great Bible reading plan. It was really good. The last couple of years. I've gone the opposite sort of idea of instead of reading lots of scripture, I read just like a very small amount, like two or three verses a day. 
and really just try to hone in on those things and 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 see that. to illustrate this i mean i i i mean i love the bible app does anybody use the Bible app on their phone? I've got the version Bible app. It sets an alarm for me just in case I haven't got there to it. So like, I think I'm up to like 372 days in a row. Um, so I don't know what happened in July last year where I missed a day. But anyway, that's, I mean, I've always been a, like, a pretty good at daily Bible reading. So that's something that I'm good at. But I've just finished, like about a week ago, the Gospel of Mark. Like, and I've read it every day for the year sort of thing. So that's to illustrate just that I sort of really travel pretty slow through the Gospels. But of course, the New Testament, because I, I mean, I get written, again, I love Jesus, I want to follow Jesus, I want to be imbibed with his teachings, with his actions, and, to, and for that to be the key influence upon my life. But of course, we have more than just four books in our Bible, don't we? You know, we have uh, we do have 27 books in our New Testament, and so you know, as much as I love the Gospels, I need to be reading a little bit more uh, into that, into into that, as well as of course the Old Covenant. The Old Testament is the record of God's dealing with Israel in the Old Covenant, and being aware of that. And so, um, I've been reading Colossians recently, and you know, I said to Fred you know, during the week, Fred, what would you like me to preach on? Are you doing a series or something? He said, No, whatever, whatever God's been showing you or whatever. And so, I'm I'm really just like confession in some ways. I'm just sharing you with the stuff I've been learning in my quiet times in the last week or so. I hope that's okay. I hope that's not too unprofound. Because like some of you might like something really profound, but I'm just going to share with you a little bit of my journey and my story and how God's been leading me in the last little, little bit. So that's where we're going. So clearly I've been, the last week or so, I've been in the book of Colossians, just started Colossians in Colossians chapter 1. And I just was got, got so struck by it about uh, Paul, you know, being both this this uh, he's this great theologian and yet passionate Christian. He's a great theologian. You know, when you when you think of the Book of Romans, you know, the, the Book of Romans. You know, Paul, we best understand. Paul's in prison when he writes this thing, and he doesn't sort of like. You know, when I went to Bible college, you could write a whole lot of stuff down and you could edit it and all that sort of stuff. But, and you could, and these days with, you know, word processors, I mean, how you just cut and paste and, and, and it would be so much easier to write the book of Romans in today. But Paul is just so brilliant that he can transcribe, he can read out. So someone else write down furiously the book of Romans. I mean, it is just a wonderful, wonderful theological document. It outlines the plan of salvation. Etc. God's heart for Israel, practical applications. That it is just an enormous document, and he's just an amazing theologian. And yet, also, he's a passionate follower of Jesus. In fact, I probably want to argue he's first of all a passionate follower of Jesus. Before he's a great theologian, I probably should reverse those order those two things around. You know that uh, he, um, from his first encounter with Jesus on the Damascus road onward, he became this passionate follower. You know, he opens his heart to the Philippians and he says, I, I didn't write the verse up there, you'll have to listen to me when I read it. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participate in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. You know, I want to know Jesus. Now, when we have that word know, K-N-O-W, you know, we tend to think of this as sort of an intellectual word. You know, I know the weather today. I know the the uh, football scores yesterday. I know the history of the Kerrang Baptist Church. I know I can recite. I know the lyrics to this song. It's a sort of intellectual thing. 
with some things that we have in our mind. But in the Bible, knowing is so much more than intellectual knowing. It's experiential knowing. It's really knowing also in by what happens. Couldn't help but think about that when we were singing that song, It Is Well With My Soul. How many of you know the, the background of that song? Show me if you know the background of that song. Good, good, good smattering of us, and at least half of us know that. It is an amazing background to the, to the song. Uh, for those of you who don't know it, is that Horatio Spofforth, great name by the way, isn't it? What a name, Horatio Spafforth or Spofforth? Spafforth. It's a great name. He, uh, he was a businessman and uh, he'd lost a, a son in a, in a, I think it was in a fire and thought that they would go off to England to sort of have a holiday as a family. And his wife and four daughters went off ahead into the, uh, ahead of him and he had to finish off a little bit of business. And he, and, and they, and they, the, so the wife and the daughters went off and there was a, a shipwreck and his four daughters his four daughters died. Only his wife was left. And he was coming then on the next year. I just can't imagine that as a parent with my two kids of losing, you know, the thought of losing one of them is horrendous. The thought of losing both of them is beyond grief. And he, I mean, I guess numerically, two, five, what does it matter? But I mean, it's just horrendous to lose your children in an accident. I can't imagine I actually sometimes do try to imagine it, just so I can get into the song of what it would be like to lose my kids. I was actually a bit emotional as we were singing the song. I just sort of put myself in the place. And then he still says, and, and, and uh, the, sh- the ship that he's on, the, the captain says, this is the place where the ship sunk. And he starts working on the song. The poem is well with my soul. Wow. I can't sing that song ever again without feeling emotional. He knew something new about God in that in that time. It was it was something. Was, this was not intellectual knowledge. This was greater than that. And so it has this whole idea of Paul's passionate. That I want to know Christ. It has the idea that heart and mind belong together. I guess this is the, my real key thing that I want to talk about today. Is the whole idea that Paul? We often think of Paul as this sort of great intellectual, great theologian, but but the heart and the mind go together. Uh, Colossians 3, 1 to 2, just a couple of chapters down, he says, as he starts to get into the practical applications of, of all this, he says, Since then you've been raised with Christ. Set your heart on things above where Christ sits at the right hand. Set your mind on things above, not on earthly things. Get your heart and mind together. Your heart and mind together, got to go together. Jesus said, it's, sorry, it's gone off the screen. I didn't miss that one on the whole edit of, uh, of, which, of the different formats of the, of the, of the uh, PowerPoint that I did together. It's Mark tw- uh, 12, verse 30. It's the great commandment. You could get it from Matthew or from Luke as well, but I chose Mark today. Love the Lord your God with what? Or your heart, or your soul, or your mind, or your strength. Heart. Soul, mind, strength. It's the whole, the whole part of us. It's not just our brain, but it's our heart. And even today, uh, when Linda was uh, speaking uh, there, she, t- uh, she quoted from John chapter 4. I just wrote it down when she was speaking about it. That John 4 is a verse 23 about you know, the, the Father's in spirit and in truth. 
the spirit, the soul, the heart, connection, as well as truth, our mind. You know, and I think it's, you know, we had a prayer for Christian unity a week up there, and, and that, I mean, Christians are so diverse, aren't they? You know, we often think, we often, sometimes we often wonder that when people are a bit different to us, we actually wonder whether they're Christians or not. I've, I've determined that I'm going to let God decide who's a Christian and who's not. I, I don't think I'm the one who gets to decide that. And so I think I'm, I'm just going to let God, I'm going to leave that stuff to God. I, I'm, I, you know, and focus on me. That, that's the one I really know about. But, uh, you know, as I've got to, to walk, you know, in this role in, in the Baptist New Victoria, <laughs> Victorian Baptists, they're pretty diverse. There'd be some people who you'd think, I'm not sure whether they're in the kingdom, who were part of Baptist churches. Well, again, I'm going to let God decide that. And so we, we have this, uh, uh, this, this sort of great diversity. When, when I was in, pastoring Werribee Baptist, Werribee Baptist is a really multicultural congregation. We had about 50 different nationalities there. And it, was, it was an awesome thing. And it got to, I got to really see, that's when the Revelation 7, 7, every tribe and language is something that has become a really important idea that that in heaven there's going to be every tribe and language. I mean, that's a huge, that's like a lot. You know, I think we were celebrating a Bible translation. Uh, you talked about that. And, and you know, there are so many languages in, in the world and every tribe and language gets to be there, gets to be in heaven. Don't want to miss that church service. You know how sometimes you think, oh, I might not get to church today. You, that's one I want to be at. I want to be at that one. Every tribe and language. I don't know how it's all going to work. I don't know how the music's going to work. I don't know how the, the singing's going to work. Are we all going to sing? I mean, have you ever had the privilege of being in church where people are singing the same words but in different languages? That's pretty cool. I remember when that happened the first time where I'm, I'm singing in English and other people are singing in a different language and we're all singing the same thing. It's like That's a real heart unity stuff that goes on right there. Anyway, heart and mind belong together. And I think Paul demonstrates this in, in this uh, passage that we've been looking at uh, here, here today. So uh, we, we want to wander our way through that, of, of the theology of prayer of Colossians 1, uh, 9, uh, 9 to 14. Now, I sort of want to do it round the backwards because I actually want to talk about the theology of salvation in verses 12 to 14 and then come back to the prayer of verses 9 to 11. I hope that's okay. That's sort of not really normal preacher stuff because normally you do go sequentially down, but I'm sort of going backwards thematically here in this one. Again, I hope that's okay and sorry if it's not. Um, so he talks about, I love in, the, in, in uh, verse 14, I really love those bits down there. He talks about redemption. Redemption's a great concept. Redemption is, a, is the idea of, uh, of the fact that, we've, that a price has been paid for us, that we think about that, a price has been paid. And whenever I think about that, I sort of think about this whole idea of redemption. And I've used this illustration before of the idea that, that you know, I don't know if anybody else has. I may be the only person in church today who's ever done this, but I've had a speeding fine. Anybody else want to confess speeding fines? Ooh, a bunch of sinners here in this place. Yeah, all right. Yeah, I've had some speeding fines. And, and, you know, the thing about a speeding fine, actually, I might have got one on the way up yesterday. We'll see. Borderline. Hallelujah. So keen to get here. It's my excuse anyway. 
my friends, the Davidsons are here, uh, who were at, uh, I met these guys when they were at uh, Belgrave South. I did an interim ministry in Belgrave South in 2017. And in fact, on Christmas Day 2017, I gave this exact same illustration. I talked about how, and I did get a fine on Christmas Day 2017. I was just so excited to get to church <laughs> up at Belgrave uh, South. And, and so I talked about this idea that, that when you have a speeding fine, like the government doesn't care who pays it. Like as long as it gets paid. And I remember talking about this one time in a church many, many years ago. Obviously, I'd had a speeding fine. And I talked about that. And do you know what happened? Someone actually paid my fine. Perfect illustration. Like, you know, Jesus paid the price for my sin and someone else paid the price for my speeding. Because it actually it doesn't... I mean, the government doesn't mind who pays it as long as it gets paid. And so um, if I get a speeding fine yesterday, like... Any volunteers? <laughs> no, please, please, serious. I will pay for it if I have spared. But that is the beauty of it. I sinned and Jesus paid the price. You sinned, Jesus paid the price. That's redemption. Hallelujah. Thank you for these people over here who are that hallelujah. The rest of you aren't very thankful, I tell you. <laughs> One of Paul's great metaphors is darkness to light. Talks about coming from the, we, we become into the kingdom of light, rescued us from the dominion of darkness. Whole darkness, light thing, he uses that a whole lot in, in, in his writings is about that. And, and, you know, coming into the light, run to the light. Jesus is the light of the world. Follow him. I can go on to that as well. But anyway, inheritance is important as well. We join the family of God and we get to share in his inheritance. How cool is that? The greatest inheritance that we can receive is that we get to be in the Father's house forever. My dear old mum is 90 years old. She's not in great shape. You know what she's looking forward to? Heaven. Heaven. Bring it on, she says. I'm ready for it. She's been ready for the last five or so years. Doctors keep keeping her alive with all sorts of medications. Just let her go and let her go to heaven, will you? Sorry, I got that out of my system. Thank you, Nancy, for caring all for the, all the aged people that you care for, like my mum. And you don't want to send them into heaven before time. I get all that. But, but we talk. Whenever I speak to my mum, I went and spoke to her on Tuesday, and and we just spend our whole time talking about heaven, how she's looking forward to it, and how she wants to be there. And and uh, and I keep saying to her, just if Jesus says come, don't say no. Sometimes she has this sort of idea that we won't survive without her, and. The world won't survive without it. We'll survive, Mum. Just you go to heaven, okay? What a, what a great blessing is heaven is for us. And indeed, Paul talks about redemption and he talks about forgiveness of sins. We think about that every month, don't we, when we share in communion. We share in communion to remind ourselves of forgiveness of sins. These are the great things about salvation. We could go on hallelujah, couldn't we? And then... And so that's sort of like the back end of Paul's prayer, if you like. And again, as as uh, Linda spoke of, that we have this whole idea of for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we've not stopped praying for you. I mean, to pray for Christian people. For this is like a pastoral prayer that we get a little bit of an insight into. This is like a pastor's heart for a church. 
and for Christian people that we get a little bit of an insight to. And again, I love the things that he, he prays for. And I could spend a long time on this, but we haven't got a long time because, you know, I, we could get excited, but I'll run through them. Knowledge of his will is what he prays for. You know, lots of us want to understand God's will for our lives. Oh, God, where should I be? What should I do? Should I move from Belgrave to Kerrang? Should I move from Africa to Kerrang? Via Townsville? You know, what, what should I do? Who should I marry? You know, these guys, these guys spent a long time thinking about who I should marry before they married. I'm just making that up. They may have been in love from the first day they ever met. Or, or it may have been totally arranged for them and they met each other on their wedding day. Probably not, hey? We don't do it like that. Maybe other places do it like that, but anyway. But we do want to know God's will for our lives. Do you want to know God's will for your life? I want to know God's will for my life. And this is the promise. This is what the prayer is, that we would know, that we'd have the knowledge of his will, that we'd have wisdom and understanding. Oh, we need so much more than human wisdom. So much more than human wisdom. I was talking to a young fellow this week, and um, he's, he's, he's wondering whether he's got ADHD, you know, attention deficit and hyperactive disorder. He's wondering that. And so I suggested, I suggested well, would you go to a doctor and... He says, no, I'll go to TikTok. That's where so many people, so many younger people want to go and find wisdom. But, you know, what do we, you know, before I shake our heads too hard, what do we do? Where do we go and find wisdom? We find, try to find wisdom in all these other different things before we go to God? I want to pray for God's wisdom and understanding from the Holy Spirit. We need Holy Spirit wisdom, do we not? We do. We do. And then he prays that we might live a life worthy. Wow, that's a challenge, isn't it? Live a life worthy. Because we're so aware of our shortfalls and the things that we get wrong. Often we're really aware of other people getting things wrong as well. Sometimes we're more aware of the other people getting things wrong than us, but... We all get things wrong. What does it mean to live a life worthy? Again, we sang a song earlier about living every day. It's not just about living on Sundays, but living every day. You know, tomorrow, tomorrow I'll go. I'm a school chaplain tomorrow. I don't work full time for the BUV. I'm sort of part time BUV, part time school chaplain. So tomorrow morning at eight thirty-five, I'll be standing on a school gate welcoming people in. It's sort of like it's, it feels just actually like standing at the door of church and welcoming people in. It's the same motif. And so I, you know, I stand there and welcome as many of people in as I... And I'm really aware that when I do that, that I need to be shining the light of Jesus as I do that. I'm not allowed to... See. This is a government school. I, I don't get to speak words about it. But nobody can stop my face. Nobody can stop the light of Jesus that shines. If I can get the, if I can get the light of Jesus shining through... If I can get it right, if I can get enough of Mark out of the way and enough Holy Spirit flowing through, I can live a life worthy of that. And every now and again, people say, Mark, you're so positive. Fancy that. Bearing fruit in every good way. Again, we know that from Galatians 5, 22, the, the, the fruit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Do you know what my mother-in-law told me? You don't know what my mother-in-law told me. I'll tell you what my mother-in-law told me. The, 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 the nine fruit of the Spirit, particularly in this slightly older version, love, joy, peace, has one syllable. P. 
Patience, kindness, goodness has two syllables. Faithfulness, gentleness and self-control has three syllables. Wow. My mother-in-law has got some wisdom right there, eh? Did you know that? Let's take that as a bit of wisdom from my mother-in-law. Thank dear old Jean. She's 91. She'd also like to go and be with Jesus. But anyway, that's going to be one of the legacy things that she's given me. That's how I can remember the nine flavours of the fruit of the Spirit. Three, three one syllables, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness. Anyway, it just helps me to remember them. If that's helpful for you, that's a good thing. Faithfully, but bearing fruit in every good way. Letting the fruit of the Holy Spirit come through our lives. Growing in knowledge. We've talked about knowledge. Again, knowledge is not just intellectual, though it is intellectual. We can learn things. We can get it. We can learn sort of things about, about God, but we can also have that experience. I can read in the Bible that my God shall supply all my needs, and then I can live that out when my notoriously stingy grandmother gives me some money so that I can settle on my first house. I didn't have enough money, and God moved her, my notoriously stingy grandmother, to give me some money so that I got enough to settle on our first house. My God shall supply all my needs in miraculous ways. Only time she's ever given me any money. It's extraordinary. My grandmother once gave me for Christmas a coat hanger. I just want to illustrate the, the, how miraculous it was. Not, not to, You're all thinking just like a wire hanger, aren't you? Not, the, not a wire hanger, slightly fancier than that. I remember as a, as a young fellow, as 13, 14 years old when I got that, I thought, that is the worst present I have ever received. <laughs> that, that goes down as the worst present I have ever received. Do you know what? I still have that coat hanger to this day. <laughs> sort of reminds me of the miracle in some ways. Another, another year, she gave me, a couple of years before that, she gave me like a, a little book of strip maps. Does anybody remember strip maps? You have to be the older people in our congregation to remember strip maps. Like, that's before Google Maps for young people, all right? And little maps, not just sort of like a big map that you have, a little strip map. So you go from, I don't know, from, from Melbourne to Sydney, I had a little strip map of how far. You know what? I know that, like, Melbourne to Wangaratta is 147 miles because she gave me that strip map. It was a fantastic gift, a secondhand strip map that she gave me. She was stingy. God bless her. And we know, and, the, and then Paul says that we'd be strengthened in power. Two prayer points. I, lo- I love the idea of, you know, when people say, Mark, how can we pray for you? Strength and power. Strength and wisdom, sorry. Strength and wisdom, that's what I ask for. Strength and wisdom. Strength and wisdom. I need strength to keep doing the things that I need to do. I need wisdom to know what's the right way to do it. I want to know how to pray for, if ever you want to know how to ask how to pray for Fred, pray for strength and wisdom for him. For strength that he can continue on amongst all the demands that is upon his life. Wisdom to know how to lead. Want to know how to pray for your elders? Pray for strength and wisdom for them. Want to know how to pray for your politicians? This is what I pray. I pray for them for strength and wisdom. Might not like to mention his name, but you know, you know how we have a premier in the state? I remember in COVID when he did those 122... Um, Press conferences in a row, 111 press conferences in a row. I, I sent him a message and said, mate, have a Sabbath. <laughs> have a Sabbath. Have a day off. He ignored me. Just kept on doing it. And finally, this is the last one, endurance and patience. 
You know, the older I get, I, I celebrated my 61st birthday during the week. Makes me, I don't know, some of you think, gee, he's old. And some of you think, wow, he's pretty young, really, isn't he? <laughs> All about perspective, isn't it? I've been following Jesus for about 47 years. And um, you know, one of the things that sort of, it, oh, I don't know, it sort of grieves me, it challenges me. You know, people who I used to grow up with, you know, who I went to church with as a kid when I was a teenager and things like that. Sort of, I just have this sort of, Almost if I happen to meet someone from God, times gone past, I sort of say, I'm, I'm almost tentative. Like, do you still go to church? You know, do you still meet with God's people somewhere on the line? Are you still a Christian? Is really what I'm asking. Because like, way too many have fallen by the wayside. Know this, Satan wants you to give up. Satan wants you to give up. Satan wants to feed the things, ah, oh, look, church is so different. I don't want to go there anymore. I prayed that God would do this and he didn't do that. And, and Satan wants to take that and make you give up. Paul, on the other hand, wants to pray for you that you would have endurance and patience. being strengthened in power so you may have great endurance and patience. You know why we need great endurance and patience? Because life is long and stuff goes wrong. Bad things happen because we're not in heaven yet. We live in a fallen world. People get sick and people die and like Spoffoth's kids, there are accidents that happen. He had great patience and endurance, didn't he? And things happen, difficult things happen in life. We, we could just wander around with a microphone and every one of us could give testimony of different things that happen in our lives, the difficulties. And some people give up. Some people give up. That's incredibly sad. Which is why Paul prays, because we need it. We need endurance and patience to get ourselves through the difficult seasons of life. We can come through the other side. Not necessarily having all our questions answered. There'll be questions that you don't know. You have questions for God that he hasn't shown you the answer to. And it might be that you get to heaven before you get your answer. Or I have a hunch that when we get to heaven, the answer won't really matter anymore anyway. But I have, if you want to find out, I suspect we can find out what God's agenda or what God's purpose was at that particular time. But we need, need endurance. What, that's a pretty good list, isn't it? That's a pretty good list when Paul prays for the Colossians. You know, that, that sort of, this is what I was sort of musing about during the week as I was in this passage and thinking, you know, how in my prayers for others and my prayers for churches that I'm involved with and ch- prayers for Christians and, and just in my own family. and Pretty good list, isn't it? So I just thought it was okay. I just thought I'd share with you what I was thinking about. So if, you know, if you don't feel like you've got a sermon today, the great, I've got great news for you. Go to YouTube. Like there's awesome preachers out there, way better than me. And if you thought this sermon's a bit rubbish, that's okay. Go find a better one. <laughs> Hallelujah. That's fantastic. 
There are great sermons out there. I remember in COVID, you know, you know when we had COVID and we had these remote. I remember going to church four times. Guess and like, if there was, you know, one sermon was no good, it's all right, just go to another one. If this sermon's a bit rubbish, that's okay. Just go find another one this afternoon. You'll have a good time. But um, anyway, can I pray for you? Is that all right? I'd sort of like to finish with a bit of prayer for you. Is that okay? I pray for you, Kareem Baptist Church. I pray that God will fill you with the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Spirit gives so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God and being strengthened with all his power according to his glorious might so that you might have great endurance and patience. Lord, I thank you for these saints who are here today, who've gathered, who've listened to you. May you, by your Holy Spirit, give them whatever it is that they need from this time today. And what's just flash or what's unhelpful, Lord, just make it diminish, make it be forgotten. And But the things that your Holy Spirit is wanting to say today, may that be embedded in the hearts and minds of your people. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Blessings to you.